Digital systems are all around us, playing an ever-increasing role in how we work and interact. But as our online ecosystem becomes even more complex and our digital needs become even more intricate, how do we set ourselves up for success? Does every company need an army of software coding experts to create the customized digital functionality your organization needs? Well, not with the advent of no-code platforms. If anything, navigating this whole process has just gotten easier. So let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome to Momentum, a podcast by Jotform, where we talk about the technology, productivity tips, best practices, and strategic insights that help us move forward in business and in life. I'm Elliot, your host, and today I'm here with Art West, CEO of No Code Devs, to talk to us about the No Code movement. Uh, welcome to the show, Art. It's great to have you. Yeah, thank you, Elliot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Um, I think we we maybe start today by painting the the broad picture. I I imagine a lot of our listeners are familiar with the term no code, since this is a Jotform podcast and Jotform itself is a no code tool. Um, but there's really a lot to discuss and unpack in this space. So maybe first tell us a bit about yourself and your background with no code devs before we dive into what no code really means and what it entails for industries around the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm a, uh, a project manager by trade and I've been working with no code and automation tools for, you know, the past probably three or four years, uh, to help automate and, um, streamline certain processes within my job. Um, and, uh, sometime last year, I, I sort of walked into the no code, uh, community in the no code space. And I, I sort of had this aha moment because, um, what I was doing, you know, in my day job, really lined up with what I was seeing in the no-code space, this sort of uh, process automation and, um, you know, uh, app building without, without software um, and programming language. So I thought, this is really great. I'm going to sort of get uh, into this community and start to immerse myself um, in what's going on in the no-code space and um, and just really never looked back from there. Um, the tools that, that, that started to... Uh, come to life in a no-code space were very much uh, in parallel to, to the things that I need to solve in my day job. And um, just with the the, uh, the growth of the tools, it was um, really critical to, to stay abreast of everything that was happening in the space. So I started to aggregate the tools and build this community all around no-code. So it's really just um, an organic process for you, it sounds like, sort of solving a, a real-world uh thing that you were you were dealing with and uh no code devs is really it's cool to see how fast it's grown um especially like um your twitter following has just blown up it's a, it's a really cool platform so that's uh that's interesting it's not necessarily something you set out from the from the onset to accomplish but it just came as part of part of your duties um so i think that i think that speaks to the practicality of, of no code tools in general which brings us to i guess the, the broad question of what is no code for for someone who's maybe listening to this is like okay i've heard of it but like what what does this what does this mean it's been described i've heard it described as a movement the no code movement um when did when did it all become popular popularized and why yeah i i think that's accurate to say that um it is 
definitely considered to be a movement at, at this point. Um, it probably, uh, <laughs> if you look at like Google trends, I think it lines up almost exactly with uh, the pandemic mm-hmm. last year. So I don't know if that's um, sort of coincidence or, or by design, but um, that's certainly when it started to really gain a lot of traction in, um, you know, sub communities, um, social media, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think that, you know, we all know that uh, some of these tools that are no code tools have been around um, prior to, you know, when it, when it, when it became popular, but I think that's when it really started to pick up steam um, was right uh, around the beginning of last year. Um, and I think no code um, just sort of like as a definition is, uh, you know, uh, you know, essentially uh, a way for programmers and non-programmers uh, to create, you know, software and applications using visual tools rather than traditional programming languages um so so that would be sort of how i best define no code is to uh the use of like graphical tools rather than code sure sure and then you can get people to create these processes you know digitally uh, without the extensive knowledge obviously of of coding and and everything that comes along with that um what would you say you mentioned you know there were no code tools out there before it really became um popular what would you say is one of the first real big names to to break through the no code space that a lot of people would recognize yeah i mean there's a bunch i think uh you know when you hear no code, um, a lot of people will just default to um, Bubble and Webflow. Um, mm-hmm. Those are sort of like the the big two um, on the on sort of like the design and the backend side. But um, you know, uh, there's other other big name tools on the automation like Zapier or Integromat, um, Glide as well. I think sort of all of these companies had had been around prior to the no code movement, uh, sure. quote unquote. But sure. uh, you know, they really started to, to to break out uh, in the sense that the, the tools became more robust and um, you know the, their marketing efforts uh, into the NOCA community started to emerge around that same time. Sure. And it's really, I mean, you know, look at Jotform. I mean, we started in 2006 and we we're obviously no code tool. We, we definitely weren't, weren't the first per se, but I think that was a, as a, was a time period when public interest just hadn't really latched on to what uh, no code can unlock and really its implications for for businesses across the world, which is cool. Um, there's also a, another movement I've heard of. Uh, maybe you could explain more. It's called low code. Uh, I, I imagine it's pretty intuitive, but what what's the difference between no code and uh, low code and what's sort of the divide between those two? Yeah. So, you know, no code is um, really just using it, it, And to your point, it is pretty obvious, but like no code is just really just using graphical tools, um, graphical user interfaces to, to build whatever you're building, whether it be, you know, an app, you know, a website or some sort of automation in low code is, uh, you know, maybe um, a hybrid of that where you, you build some graphical user interface on the front end. Um, but mm-hmm. you need to um, actually write some code to connect the front end and the back end. So um, that would be, you know, considered a low code tool is where you're actually like, you know, the, the user is actually typing and writing original code. Um, I think that that's really where you get the low code. Um, and then versus full code, obviously, where, you, you know, from start to, you know, scratch, soup to nuts, you're, you're writing all the code right. for an application. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So as it sounds, low code, obviously, 
has a little bit of it. I know there's even, you know, some minimal coding connotations even with with no code tools, which we'll go into, like you can copy and paste HTML or CSS, all that sort of stuff. We'll go into we'll go into some of that. But um, yeah, the primary difference just being low code obviously requires at least a minimal amount of um, some sort of coding understanding. Um, I guess who who really is is this no code movement for? Who who does it benefit? What companies? Um, what companies leverage the power that no code unlocks uh, the most? Is it only you know sort of a, a tech startup? Um, it, are there certain industries that seem to to cater to what no code does, or who would you say no code is for, broadly speaking? Yeah, I mean, really, I think no code is for everyone. Um, you know, it started very much in the founder startup space, the maker space. Um, and I think it's just taken sort of a natural progression, you know, uh, a little bit more towards SMBs now. And, you know, we're moving towards enterprise. But um, I really think that that the no code space can be useful for anyone, whether you're you're a startup or a nonprofit or a, you know, an employee within an organization. Um, you know, I think that it probably uh, would be fair to say that that job form, you know, uses uh, no code tools uh, within their workspace for internal tools and processes. Um, so I think that there's a lot of use cases. And, uh, you know, I'd be curious to hear if you guys, you know, how you use no code, low code tools or workflows or automations within uh, within the organization to, um, you know, to, to improve um, you know, uh, processes. No, 100%. Um, I think you hit on a couple good points there. The, the first, first of which being before I, I addressed your last question is I think, uh, the term no code people usually affiliate it with, um, Oh tech I've, you know, only tech companies need, need no code tools, like all this sort of stuff, because it's sort of in the same ecosystem that we affiliate it with. But, um, a lot of tools that I think people use, they might not even realize they're defined as no code tools. Like you might think, oh, Jotform, just an online form builder. Like you're using, uh, you're using a, a no code tool. And as silly as it sounds, some people might not actually attach the vernacular of no code to all the tools and platforms that people use these days. So uh, no code is not just for technology companies or if you're, you know, on the on the breaking point of some digital spectrum. It is it is really for everyone because pretty much everyone needs these these online functionalities. And, you know, kind of kind of to your point, um, we've talked actually uh, on this podcast before about all the all the tools and platforms and systems that we use internally from, you know, um, Trello to, to Asana, um, to these other, and I know like our, our developers in, um, in Turkey, uh, they use a lot of, um, tools that are probably more in the low code spectrum in addition to, to obviously full code, um, and we support a lot of the uh, integrations with so many of these platforms as well. Um, so we at Jotform, which is a no-code tool, we are surrounded by other no-code platforms, and we integrate with them, and we have you know connections with them. Um, so it's really kind of uh, 
it's really kind of cool to back up and see the ecosystem that no code encompasses because it truly is everywhere, especially in our technology space, but just how it relates to all of our users. Because I mean, to, to, to some extent, our users use not only JotForm, but they are probably using other no code integrations that we also support and we also use internally. So it really is a, a full ecosystem in and of itself. And I think that's saying I until I was even researching this this episode a little bit, I didn't realize the the extent of that and how it really is really is all around us. So I guess um, kind of segueing from that, if we are going to narrow in on the the tech industry um, a little bit, uh, just because we were talking about that, and obviously that's what JotForm is in. Um, what implications would you say no code entails for really the future of the tech industry? at large. I mean, obviously, many other industries will benefit from it, but it is um, no code is in the tech industry technically. Um, and what is the what what is the future of that look like for for startups, for for apps, for for website builders? Um, obviously, JotForm has functionality when it can build an online form, but people can use no code tools to actually build these other things that are essentially also no code tools. Like it, it's really kind of inception when you think about it. Um, I don't know. Could you, could you speak a little bit to that? Like what, what does no code really entail for the tech industry at large? And this really, this huge step forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge win for the tech industry, I think. And there's, you know, all this chatter, it seems like all the time about, Oh, you know, uh, you know, no code is, is not good for developers, but I think that most developers really, when you, when you get, down to talking to them, we'll say that, that, uh, you know, no code is good for them too. And mm-hmm. anytime they can use some tool to, you know, speed up the development process, sure. um, they're going to, they're going to do that. Um, so I think that that's the, the first point is it really, you know, for the tech industry, it allows for a much faster and cost effective development, uh, process and life cycle. Um, you know, it, it allows, uh, for companies, uh, startups, organizations, uh, people within companies to, to test ideas quickly, um, get the MVP faster and, um, really sort of, uh, put your, your idea out there to the world, um, before getting, you know, into the, into the like serious weeds of hiring a development team and, uh, going through, you know, all the traditional, uh, very long steps and processes that would be involved with building an application or a website or, um, you know, some sort of internal tool. Um, furthermore, I think it really, uh, empowers employees, uh, within organizations that have creative ideas, um, to implement their ideas for that organization. Whereas before, before, you know, they might have to submit uh, their their idea for some sort of workflow improvement to a development team who would then, you know, put it in some queue. I think now that's totally flipped the switch and employees can actually build out their workflows um, and then, you know, offer that solution to their team um, or their, their group that they work with. So um, I think that it really, it just opens a ton of doors for everyone in the startup industry. And it, it really uh, places the, the power back to the people and, and it allows, you know, um, non-technical people to implement their creative ideas and, um, you know, their, their processes. So I think it's great. No, that's, uh, you, you make several excellent points there. I think I, I sort of view it as, uh, most a reframe of what you said it, no code breaks down a lot of barriers that I think existed be- between the creative outlets and the technical execution 
right? Um, because it takes just a fantastic amount of work and knowledge to obviously code an app or or code a website and you know, to have that level of expertise on something, but also to have the the creativity and the spontaneity and the ability to think broader and do it. Those those are two skill sets that aren't often associated. They definitely can be. You know, you can have an absolute visionary who also is just a whiz at coding. But generally, generally you see one or the other. And no code tools really breaks down that barrier. So you don't have to be, you know, a, a whiz at coding to be able to do this. And I think Maybe this isn't true, but I imagine that early on there is potentially for companies even a bit of a stigma for for no code tools when they first started out because they're like, oh, well, you know, this is this is cheating or it's a shortcut or, you know, we're going to do it real. Maybe that's not the case. But when it's just starting out, you know, that just seems to be what happens for a lot of new innovations and people start to accept and realize shortcuts are good. I mean, it's still based off good code. There's nothing wrong with a shortcut. It's not cheating. That's what these tools are, are here for. So it helps corporations um, as well as individuals. And it's really cool to see how the movement has um, gathered momentum um, as it progresses. And we'll get a little bit more into the future of no code later on. But uh, let's narrow down a, a little bit, drill down to specifics. We've been talking sort of high level concept, but what would, in your estimation, um, obviously from your, your area of expertise, from where you sit, um, what, are, what are some of the best no code tools out there? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it depends. Um, sure. So it, I get this question a lot, just being in the sort of on the uh, tip of the spear, so to speak, in the no code space. I, I get a lot of, uh, you know, messages and questions about, hey, I'm building uh, such and such app. Um, what's the best no code right. tool to use? And, you know, really, uh, the only way to answer that question is to have a very complete set of requirements and know where you're going, which is the, you know, same with anything. Um, so I think that uh, there's a lot of really good tools out there, but they're not so good if you're not understanding the, the power of that tool and the best use case for that tool. And you're, you know, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to build, you know, a all front end marketing site in bubble, for instance. Right. So um, you can be really excited about using bubble, but if you, if you don't need, you know, all the functionality of bubble, which is really like a full stack, um, you know, type of builder, you probably are just going to waste a lot of time and energy trying to figure out how to make that site work where you could use a, you know, much easier site builder um, to, to accomplish the same task. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, uh, getting into it like a little bit more granularly, uh, you know, like the front end, um, type of stuff. I think Webflow is really good. It has a very um, low learning curve. Um, it, it requires some, you know, limited maybe CSS understanding and hierarchy type of stuff. But you can definitely get into Webflow. Um, start with some sort of clonable template and sort of like deconstruct it and um, figure it all out. So I think from a front end point of view, Webflow is very good. Um, you know, full stack. I already mentioned it, but Bubble is is definitely a very robust uh, platform and it has a really good community to kind of go with it. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you get stuck, um, just like code, uh, you know, sort of Google the answer and uh, you'll be able to find 99% of the time a solution because it's just sure. such a, such a prolific and, and widespread community. Um, and, and, you know, automation, I think doesn't 
get, you know, all the attention it deserves in the no code community. But, um, you know, uh, one of the big things with no code is, is connecting tools together mm-hmm. and the automation tools that are out there like Zapier and Integromat. And I think, uh, Jotform actually has a Zapier integration. So, you know, that allows essentially, you know, two different, uh, you know, APIs or, you know, software products to talk to each other. So, um, I think that, you know, you can't, uh, talk about no code without talking about tools like Zapier and Integromat that, that make different software products work together and talk, talk to each other. Um, so that's sort of like, uh, front end full stack automation. And then, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk recently about backend and no code backend as well. Um, as these, um, as the people and the, uh, the organizations that are using no code tools, um, become more advanced and more technical and like more enterprise or like medium to large businesses, I think backend and scalability is really important. Mm-hmm. So tools like Xano or backend list, um, Airtable, even uh, you know, all of these tools are are no code tools that are people are using for the back end and sort of their data management. Um, so that's sort of the, the landscape. And in between there, there, there's a lot of other you know tools that are available. But those are sort of the big names um, in this space. And uh, you know, in between there's a there's a there's a ton of uh, you know sort of like. Uh, operation tools like uh, Notion and Coda and uh, Adalo and Glide. And then, you know, you can't uh, talk about no code without form. So, you know, job form um, is huge for workflow um, automation, form approvals, uh, you know, spreadsheets as well. So there's just a ton of stuff out there. Appreciate the plug there, first and foremost. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, I, what I'm gathering from this is that there is no one solution fits all, unless you just have a very specific use case. And if you have, if you find a no code tool that does it all, I'd be really surprised if it does everything as well as a lot of these tools that specialize in one or the other. Um, so also on this this podcast, one of the last episodes, we talked about uh, building your, your tech stack. And it, it really is supplemental to this. Um, a lot of these are, a lot of tools you'll use in a tech stack are no-code tools. You need to identify, you know, what, what tools are right for, uh, your projects and uh, what you actually need to accomplish because you're probably going to need you're probably going to need several. Um, and where do you even start to decide and pick what no code tools are best for what you need? Like that's a very broad question, but we, I, there's lots lots of tools out there. But how do you how would you even start to explore? Yeah, somebody probably needs to set up like a really complex workflow that that guides you from start to finish to pick the perfect tool, right? Because- a lot of people ask that question and it's a a tough one yeah it's great that's a business opportunity for someone for (laughs) sure uh yeah i think the best thing you can do really is um you know have good requirements for your project and then once you're yeah, and outlines. And, and once you have that, um, really just like immerse yourself in the community. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Uh, you know, that means Twitter or Reddit, um, sure. you know, the code space on Twitter is very, very active. Um, or, or if you think that, um, you know, let's just say Webflow might be a really good tool for your project, you know, or Jotform might be a really good tool for your project. You know, I would recommend like getting into, you know, that product's forums and, and just sort of like posting a, a high level over 
overview of your project. And more likely than not, because the the community is so engaged, somebody will like hop in and probably give you really good feedback on whether or not the tool can help solve your problem. So I would definitely do that before just trying to build because again, you might sort of go down the wrong path without even knowing it and then hit the gotcha moment at some point and have to restart. So, um, no, it's, uh, that's, it's good advice. I think that's, that's where it's nice. This has been really described as, as a movement, because like you said, there is a surprisingly strong community out there around, uh, no code. And I use, you know, the word community as you did, I think very intentionally, because it really is that you do have a lot of support out there. People who are very vested in this, people are very passionate about it. Um, and you know, even from like your, the no code devs, Twitter and, and the engagement that you get and stuff like that, you just see how people are even from that example really invested in in the no code movement and uh, you can almost crowdsource this a little bit so i think that's a, a definitely an excellent recommendation now we've talked a, a little bit in brief about some of these specific terms and i feel like uh we should we should try to clarify a, uh, somewhat for some people who may not have like me a true grasp of what these all entail. So we've mentioned um, CSS um, API like markup language um, and sort of broad terms again for those who might not be as familiar with all the functionality like yours truly. Um, could you elaborate just a bit on what these components are from sort of a layman's perspective and how they function within the scope of, of no code? Yeah, um, for sure. And I think that, you know, if there's been any pushback on the term no code, which which I think that there has, maybe it's more just from the uh, development community. But, you know, the reason that the term is a little bit, even though it's really good because it's brought a community together, the term is a little bit unsavory because, uh, you know, it's really not, not the truth. There is code behind no code. So um, I think that for that reason, it's really important, you know, to understand just sort of what behind the curtain when you're moving around all these like blocks um you know you have to understand that if you're you know moving a block um you know that the CSS um, behind that would, would help with the design. Um, and if you're talking to, you know, another software product, if you're connecting, you know, JawForm and Webflow, you would, you know, want to understand that it's an API that that's, that's connecting those two products. Gotcha. Um, you know, that type of thing. So I think it's, you know, it's really good to just know what, what those sort of terms mean and how they work. So you have a uh, foundation and an understanding, but then, you know, I think that it's also useful to, to, to just scratch the surface a little bit of maybe what CSS is, because most of these tools, um, whether it's Drawform um, or, you know, Webflow allow you often to actually, you know, change the look and feel of the product by editing the CSS directly. So I think you sure. can do that in Drawform 4, Um, You can do it in most of these no-code products. So, um, yes, it's sort of like is a gray area between uh, no-code and code, but I think that they're important and they shouldn't just sort of be ignored because, um, you know, often you'll you'll need them to to sort of like put the final touches on your product. Yeah, and to really unlock its full potential, 
because um, we've done yeah. we've definitely done um, you know videos at Jot form and we have you know support guide forums on hey how you can use CSS to really unlock even more of what Jot form can do and really customize it to what you to what you need to and it's normally pretty easy information to find if you if you are looking to do some some level of customization or put some tweaks on it and you're looking for something specific um, generally it's uh, at least I've found it's it's pretty easy to to find even if you maybe don't have a, a super in-depth knowledge of it yourself but uh no i think that's that's good texture for sort of understanding the the community i didn't i don't think i realized that there's a little bit of unsavoriness in the association of no code but it totally makes sense if you think about it because i mean there's 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 a little bit of coding you know let's let's be honest if you're really gonna do it right um but uh yeah, it's it's still all about breaking down barriers and getting people, you know, educated and sort of empowering them to take the next step. So I think, you know, on uh, on that note, I guess I'd put to you what what do you envision the future of no code looking like? Like what what's the limit for it? what what are some things that's still being held back by now uh, that that could be could be removed? What's the what's the next step? Like you know, where I feel like we're just tapping in and unlocking this really powerful concept. Um, and where do you see that eventually leading? Yeah, so I think that this gets talked about a lot, and you know, as the the space grows and and the landscape shifts from you know sort of like the solo founder startup, um, one person companies to the larger uh, medium to large size organizations, you know, a lot of the frustration that that people are running into right now is um, when you get to that level, you often have small to large teams working on you know some sort of product. Um, you have you know where you need all the things like multiplayer access, version control, security, scale, sort of all the things you get like in a traditional development environment. So, you know, agnostic backends, sure. uh, stuff like that. I mean, some of that gets sort of technical, but, um, you know, there are a, a lot of companies that are working on, you know, I improving that. I mean, I think one of the big things for me uh, that, that gets me a lot is just multiplayer. So, you know, if you need, you know, multiple people working in uh, some project at the same time, a lot of these, you know, tools don't even have that that capability. Um, so mm -hmm. as you can imagine, it gets really hard if you have a small team working on a project if everyone just sort of has to sit around and wait while the other person works. So right. um, that's that's where it's going. And I, and I think that um, also there's a huge uh, movement towards just internal tools. So a lot of sort of people think customer, you know, facing apps, B2C um, with no code, but, um, you know, really internal uh, tools um, are really becoming popular in the code space. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that that makes a lot of sense. And who knows who knows where that will lead, right? It's kind of exciting to even think about, you know, um, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the line. What, what new tool is going to be created that really makes a lot of these even obsolete? It's, um, yeah, it's just a lot of untapped potential, I think. Um, and let's say, so let's say uh, someone is very enticed and excited by the idea of, of no code and basically wants to get involved, engaged, or just learn more about it. Um, where would they turn to? Where, where's the best place to, to really get started if you're just potentially an enthusiast who just wants to get educated and somehow engage with the community? Yeah, so uh, fortunately, as, as we touched on, the, the community is really, really strong and it doesn't just have to be, you know, Twitter. There's there's really strong subreddit, com subreddit communities. There's Facebook groups. And, um, you know, again, within these, within the products themselves. So, um, you know, just 
just to use as an example, Webflow or Bubble, um, the product forms for those tools or Glide even um, are very strong. So I would recommend just sort of like immersing yourself in those communities and getting, you know, even if you're not engaging, just just reading through what's there so you can really start to uh, get a grasp for what people are doing, what people are building, what where the problems are, what the limitations are. Um, also, uh, you know, Twitter, of course, like, like I mentioned, YouTube, um, any of these, any of the, you know, sort of major players, uh, company YouTube channels are really, really great. A lot of them break it down, you know, by playlist um, or by, you know, specific topics so that you can sort of niche into exactly what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's a really good, uh, you know, sort of source of information. And, uh, you know, just, uh, of course, follow uh, No Code Devs. Um, we there post and aggregate videos. So, mm-hmm. you know, we do that. But there's also like a lot of really good communities out there, um, No Code Founders, and and you can find them if you start looking um, mm-hmm. it, it, just by, you know, an internet search. Um, so uh, just again, just just get get involved with the community. Yeah. Dip your toe in the water. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, most, most of the things that I, I sort of had jotted down that I want to discuss today, is there anything? I've sort of missed here any last tidbits of, of wisdom, any last things you'd like to hit on. Um, yeah, totally fine if not, but I don't know if uh, I feel like this is pretty all encompassing, but was there anything else? Yeah, no, I think it was. We, we definitely uh, covered a lot of really interesting topics here. And, you know, one thing that, that I like to reiterate is uh, just because it's, it's no code, you know, doesn't mean, you know, it's no work. Um, I think <laughs> it's really important to it's a good slogan. <laughs> Re- reiterate that because uh, you know if you don't you know properly plan and, and hash out your requirements prior to you know launching your project you're you're likely going to run into some of the same barriers that that you would hit you know on the traditional development side so I think it's really important to you know be strategic and intentional um, when you're when you're building with no code whether it's customer facing or internal and do your research uh, the the space is moving so quickly that you know it's really important to understand the like sort of the history of the company that you're working with and also the, you know, uh, you know, support and community that goes along with it. So choose the right tools and, and, you know, get involved with the community and, and ask questions before you start, because you want to make sure that you're, you're using a product that'll grow with you and, uh, you know, work with you in, in, in five years. Um, so there, there's that, there's that, um, you know, sort of element to it. And I think you have to watch out in such a quickly growing, um, you know, uh, landscape. 100%. Uh, rapidly changing is is the name of the game with with no code and it uh, definitely behooves anyone to be aware of that and to um, to set themselves up for success because as you said it doesn't mean even a no code automation platform doesn't actually auto- you still have to set up the automation to take right. advantage of the automation capabilities it doesn't mean it's no work you just have to be um, intentional and it ultimately empowers you to just do do much more but it still takes some intentionality to to actually get there well I think this has been uh, really some great insights uh, today so um, thank you Art so much for coming on the show um, really appreciate your time I've learned a lot today personally i hope uh, any of our listeners out there out there have uh, please check out no code devs it's it's really awesome great twitter page um if you do want to get more engaged with the community that's a good place to start along with some of the other resources we mentioned and of course don't forget jockworm is also a no code tool so if you use us you're a no coder technically um anyway uh thanks again art really appreciate it and uh we'll catch you next time yeah thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun take care